And today is a special day because we, are, we have uh, a visitor with us, uh, Mr. Odingo, the General Secretary of KSCF. He'll be coming to share with us a message today. Before he comes up, let me just uh, share with you briefly, uh, just to recap what Pastor Davis mentioned last week and the previous week, from um, Colossians chapter 3, from verse 1, this is in the New Living Translation, it says, since you have been raised, let's read it together, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. I want you to read it for yourself, now that you've read it for your neighbor. You need to read it for yourself. Let's go. Since I have been raised to new life with Christ, I set my sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Isn't that powerful? So that you and me are setting our sight on the realities of heaven. All right, let's go to verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Verse 3. For you died to this life, and your new life is hidden with Christ in God. And verse 4. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in all his glory. What Pastor David, yeah, we can give a shout to God for that. Hallelujah. So what he's been sharing with us is that when we are heavenly minded, you remember that? When we have, uh, his message has actually been uh, developing a heavenly perspective. That when I am heavenly minded, my perspective is on heaven, then I am able to see things on earth and flow according to God's plan. All right? And last week we had the prison's ministry where he shared we are looking at prison's ministry. We are looking at prisoners from where God is. How does God see prisoners? And this is how we break barriers when we have what? A heavenly perspective. Because this year we are breaking barriers. Tell your neighbor we are breaking barriers. Praise the Lord. And we want to break barriers even where student ministry is concerned. Our partnership with KSCF, we want to break barriers. So we have to look at KSCF ministry from what? A heavenly perspective. How does God see our ministry partnership with KSCF? Because we want supernatural results this year. Praise the Lord. We want to break barriers. We want... Thank God for what we have done over all these years. But we want new levels. Hallelujah. And those new levels, we only perceive them by the Spirit when we sit and see things from God's perspective. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, And he said to them, this is Jesus, Go, let's, let's read it together, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That was Jesus talking to his disciples. That word there, world, means cosmos. Say cosmos. It's the universe. Alright? So he's going, saying go to the whole world, everywhere. And part of that everywhere is schools, is students. So KSCF is focusing on a particular part of that world and we are calling it, this is the universe 
of students. This is the universe of high schoolers. And let's look at it from uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19 says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Let's read it together. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Let's go verse 19. Let's read it together. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see the same message, isn't it? What is the message? Go. Praise the Lord. It's go. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, if you look at that, now we are looking at what? Heaven's perspective. What should we be doing? There are those who study strategy will know about five W's and one H. The what, the where, the who, the why, the when, and the how. All right? From those two scriptures, we can see that what are we doing? Say we are going. Tell your neighbor you are going. That is what we are going to do. We are going to go. Amen. That is what is all this about. It's about going to high schools. It's about reaching out to students. We are going. So where are we going? We are going to high schools. Now, from those two scriptures, actually Jesus said you go to the whole world. In Matthew, he said go to all the nations. The nations, nations there is what is called ethnos in Greek, ethnos. Ethnos is culture. Go to every culture. Do you know there's a student culture? There's a high school culture? There are all kinds of cultures, and this is one of the cultures. He said, go to those cultures. So we have two words. There's a place, the universe, the whole world, and then he says, go to every culture. All right? So that is the where are we going. Then he says, uh, to who? Uh, he says, well, let's, let's go to back to Matthew. Matthew uh, 15. Matthew 16, 15. Not Matthew, sorry. Uh, Mark. Into the whole world, the why. Why are we going? There are very many groups going to high schools, isn't it? There will be NGOs going to high schools. There is the government in high schools. There are teachers going every day. But for us, why are we going? We are going, the why is to preach the gospel. Amen. There are many reasons to go to schools. There are many reasons why the church does so many things. There are many whys. But there is only, there is one why which only the church can do. There are many whys. There are many whys. There are many, there are many ways. There are many groups helping the poor. There are many groups helping the students. There are many groups help, helping the, any kind of thing going on in society. But there's only one group whose why, there's only one why which only the church can fulfill. What is that? Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. No one else is going to preach the gospel. In Matthew, it says go and make disciples. So, the only group that is going to make disciples in high schools is the church. All the other groups will go for many whys, but only the church can do that. Tell your neighbor, it's only you who can preach the gospel and make disciples of students. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. So we have the what? We have the what? We have the where? We have the why? Now we go to what? Is it the who? Who is going? Ask your neighbor, who is going? And who are they going to? <laughs> Let's see. Numbers uh, 13.30, I believe. It says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us read it together. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome. It's an Old Testament account of them going into the land of Canaan. So the who who are going is us, all right? And we are going to the students. And we are going to all the people. Remember it said what? We are going to all the world. We are going to all the nations. That is our who are going. And when, you can see it from Numbers 13, 30. When is at once. When is now. Praise the Lord. I remember the first time I had uh, Mr. Odingo share here. He was saying, if, if it's not you, then who? If it is not now, then when? There's urgency in, the, in doing these things. Amen. So Caleb said, let us go at once. It's now. There's an urgency in this mission. And then it says the how. The how, again, you find it in Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, all authority has been given to me. So you are going in the authority of our Lord Jesus. Amen. So you're not just going without any help, without any support. We are going in the authority. And the, the reason we have this partnership is that under the cover of KSCF, who have a, an understanding with the Ministry of Education, we have the government authority. We have the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we also now have, in this realm, the authority of government in partnership with KSCF to go to schools. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I think it was the other week I mentioned here that a lot of our problems, we think there is an enemy out there, and there is an enemy out there. But like in Numbers 13, our biggest problem is internal. People don't want to go. People don't want to do what God is saying. You remember, the children of Israel did not go into the land, not because the enemy, not because they were listening to what I was calling their Canaan Broadcasting Corporation. No, that is not what stopped them from going. What stopped them from going was their own people saying, oh, there are problems. Oh, there are giants. Oh, we can't make it. And that is why we need to examine ourselves. In fact, the Lord reminded me of that particular comment I made here because I also meant, I mentioned some technologies, social media, you know, TikTok and Twitter and all that. And the Lord reminded me on Monday, I work with the technology. You come to church office, you'll not find me, all right? Don't look for me in church on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I, I work with the technologies. So I am here on Monday or on Sunday tomorrow. I'm thinking technology. And uh, on Monday, I was seeking the Lord on a certain specific technology. And he asked me, I thought you said technology is bad or something. I said, Lord, I, I didn't mean that. I actually just told them because I don't like TikTok and all that. We said, no, you can't be anti-technology in church and then on Monday morning, you want me to help you with the technology. No, he was telling me, he was not telling you. And I said, Lord, help me to understand. Because the technology culture, listen, we need to go there and influence it for God. That technology culture, 
there are people who you will only find in TikTok. So you need to go in TikTok, not to be a TikToker who is just TikToking everything else is being TikToked, but because you represent the kingdom of God. It's every culture. Tell your neighbor every culture. We are to influence it for the kingdom of God and say, Lord, help us to use every means to turn it around for the influence of the kingdom of God. So we examine ourselves. What is stopping us from going? What is stopping us from going? Is it really outside environment or is it our own issues, our laziness, our inability to organize ourselves? Why are we not going? Let's look at uh, verse 20 of Mark 15. It says, let's read it together. And they went out and preached everywhere. Are you reading it? All right. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through their accompanying signs. Amen. That's God's promise, as Rita has shared with us. God is a God of covenant. He's a God of partnership. And what he's telling us is that if you will go, he is going to go with you and he's going to confirm the word. Now you have to be careful that you don't just talk your own word like I mentioned a few things there, but only the word that God gives you. That is where the power is. Praise the Lord. And so this morning, we are so glad we have uh, KSCF leader here. Mr. Odingo is a friend to this ministry. I, I think it's almost 10 years. I can't quite remember the exact date when this has been going on. But he's been regularly coming here. We have him uh, literally every year coming. He used to come towards the end of the year last year, and this year is coming at the beginning of the year to help us understand more the whys, the how to do high school ministry and help us to see the vision and why we should be part of that ministry. Today he's come with his wife. I, he'll, I'll let him um, introduce her and uh, the other people he has come up with. But church, I want us to rise on our feet and receive the gift of God in our ministries, Mr. Joseph Odingo, the, sec the General Secretary of KSCF to come and minister. Yeah, please welcome him. Welcome, sir. Come and minister to us. We are eager to hear what the Lord has for us through you today. Welcome, sir. So on behalf of Pastor Davis Kimori, welcome to this session. God bless you. Feel free. You've been here so many times. I believe you have the freedom and liberty of the Holy Spirit to minister to God's people. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Kindly have your seats. Uh, what a privilege to come and be part of you this morning. It is one year since I was here. I think I was here at the same time, almost this month, a month like this, when the Lord opened the way for me to come. And I bless the Lord that we have a, such a serious partnership with the Victory Faith Church here in Garden Estate. Uh, before I say anything, I want to introduce myself. Joseph Odingo is my name. I'm born again. 
Jesus Christ saved me when I was a little young boy in class 7. And I thank him that he has kept my faith. He has kept me in him uh, and has called me to serve him in the student work in Kenya. I'm married with uh, one female wife. <laughs> my wife is a female. <laughs> Together, the Lord has blessed us with two daughters and uh, two sons. Today I came with one of the sons. I know the girl is in the Sunday school. But uh, let them come and greet us, isn't it? Yes. Right. Mam Kuja. And the young man also come. It is good you hear from them. Praise God. Amen. Praise God again. Ninafraa sana asubuhi leo kuwa nyumbani mabwana. Eh nashukuru Mungu kwa kuniokoa na kunifikisha umbali huu. Hakika yeye ni Mungu. Kwa majina ninaitwa Beatrice Odingo na nimeokoka. Mungu awabariki. Praise God. My name is Levio Chen. I'm born again, and I'm happy to be in the presence of the Lord with you. Asante. Thank you so much. Uh, I know we have a team here who goes to school, but can I just see them by a show of hands? Those who visit schools and are doing discipleship, quite a number of you. Thank you so much for your labors and your commitment and your sacrifice. That's the only ministry where you don't get appreciation so often. So you need really to have heart to do that. We want to thank God because of the church, Victory Faith, for the partnership they have given us. This church gives a half a million shillings every year to support the work of God through KCF. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it is the largest contributor in terms of finances. There's no church in Kenya that gives such kind of amount to student ministry. Even the biggest churches we have, they give but not to that tune. And therefore we want to really appreciate the leadership led by Pastor Kimori and the team for believing in this work and giving their own, their very self to support this work. This is also one of the churches that has a team that goes to school that every week we have members of this church that visit several schools to see that the program is running and that young people are rich with the gospel. You are one of the few churches in this city that does that. Hallelujah. And also, the third thing I want to say, you are the only church which has a school visiting. I can see students here. <laughs> Uh, most judges. 
You know, when I, when I entered, I thought I'm coming to a school. And I wanted to change the someone I have to suit them. But of course, the someone I have still suits them. That is our passion to minister to young people. So when we see young people, we feel like speaking to them. Hallelujah. So we thank the Lord that the last, this last year, the Lord has continued to touch lives through KSCF. And we have expanded ministry to Tana River. Last year, we had two camps in Tana River. The, that's the third time students in Tana River were able to gather and the ministry is reaching them. We have a brother from Baringo who said, God is calling me to be a missionary. And together with his family is laboring in Tana River to reach the schools by the power of the living God. And for the first time, we had a camp in Mount Elgon. You know, 2015, we didn't know what to do. There were bandits which had taken over the mountain. And I remember we went there and prayed on, on, in, in Mount Elgon. And we gathered teachers together. And we shared with them and told them, you know, the problem of Mount Elgon lies with the young people in your hands. And we showed them to go back and take ministry seriously. And they rose up. Last year, December, last year in the month of August, I was visiting several camps we had and I went to Mount Elgon. They had close to 300 boys and girls in that camp. And the bandits which used to kill people and take their shambas are normal. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's the power of the ministry we are doing. And that's the blessing God has for us in this country. And I remember last year when we were in TRT, Baringo team called me to go and train the teacher. I told them I'm not going to come to, to Baringo. You must organize the training in Tiati. Tiati is where the Pokots are causing havoc. I told them you must hold a meeting there. They said, we are going to die. No, no, no. You better die. But you must go by faith. And we gathered over 40 teachers. And I shared with them why they, are in, why they have been posted there by TSC to do God's work. And uh, I promise I'm going to support 40 students to come to a national convention at Tambach, TTC, in April. And we, they brought 40 students. And we began to challenge them that this year you must have a camp in Tiat. In the month of August, they had a camp. 272 boys and girls came to be impacted by the word of God. Because we believe that that is the only way to change a nation. You don't change a nation by targeting its adults. You transform the culture. You know, we have been told the nations means culture. So the culture you transform is the culture of the young people. And that's how you take over a nation. Devil knows that. And therefore, we want to thank the Lord that we are looking forward this year the month of April, we have four national conventions taking place in our country from 6th to 12th of April. And we have one in Kuale covering all the coastal, another one at Kagumot uh, Boys High School. We have another one in Chania here 
in Thika, Chania Boys, then another one in Kabianga, in Karecho County. We, we are trusting the Lord that you're going to impact over 10,000 students for one week in those conventions. Hallelujah. You know the blessing you have? The blessing you have is that you are part of what the Lord is doing. You are part of that revival. You are part of that transformation. And that's why whatever you do, continue doing it, continue being faithful, and the Lord of grace will help us. This morning, I want to talk to you about a very sensitive topic. When I was thinking about this last year, the world was shocked. But what normally comes into my mind is, as soldiers of the cross, do we know the battle facing us? As Christians, you see, it is very possible to come to church and wait for a message that encourages you. It is very possible to come to church and begin to pray for what you don't have, but fail to thank God for what you already have. It is very possible for a Christian for you to have everything God has given you but fail to use it for the kingdom of God. Because that's the danger facing you and I. That God could have invested so much in our lives but if we, we fail to realize that what God has invested in us is not just meant for us. It's meant to enhance his kingdom. And you see, that faces everyone. Because Jonah faced that. This man had everything, but he was running away from fulfilling the call of God. If Jonah had not gone to Nineveh, he would have still died. And God would have called him, says, my son, come. Look over there. That is Nineveh. I gave that in your hand. He would have been showed that. If he had run away and gone to Tarshish and failed to fulfill the call of God, God would have, he would have still made heaven his home. He would have still gone home. But God would have called him and showed him, you ran away from the call. Look at the source. I entrusted that in your hand. I gave that to you. And that's the story of the man who hid his talent. That man, God, he was given everything he needed. told, where is my talent? That time, this man had the chance to go and dig it out. You and I may not have that chance to go and dig it. Our time on earth shall have ended. Have you ever asked God to show you 
how he wants to use the gifting, the resources, the age you are in, the time you have to invest it carefully in God's kingdom. And for you to do this, you need to know what is facing our nation. And today I want to look at a topic I'm calling Raising a Godly Seed. Raising a Godly Seed. And I will cover three areas briefly by God's grace. What I'm calling the gender confusion. Just roll it. And how do we rescue the children from this? And what is our role in parenting the generation? Those three things I want to look at briefly. Because we live in a world that is carefully changing. Years ago, I, read, I watched a movie. They were calling it The Battle at the Gate. This city is well fenced. And for years, it ruled other nations. But one day, the enemy came and made their body look like the armies of the city. They made uniform looking like the, like the uniform of the city. And they came and lied at the gate of the city. The army commander came out and he saw his army men and he spoke to them and said, guys, you've done well to sleep here. The enemy are coming. We want to destroy them. But he never knew the guys who was talking to the enemy. They were right at the gate. When the army of the city men came to get out to fight, they, met the, they were being shot dead one by one. And that very easily they took over the city. Because sometimes the Christian does not know that the enemy has moved the battle at the gate. And the enemy of your soul and mine is not concerned with people who are 60 old, 60 years old. He targets his arsenals at the young people. He knows he's going to take over a whole church if he changes the culture of the young. They don't have a church. And therefore, I want to look at this briefly. Just roll it again. Before 1950s, modesty ruled the world. TV programs were highly regulated and content were monitored to conform to the family values. Those were the good old days. Homosexuality and sexual deviance were linked to communism. And most people identified with Christianity. Christianity was respected. Sexuality was first linked with estab establishing a man-woman permanent relationship in a marriage. Traditional gender and sex roles was well defined and taught in school and church. Those are before 1950s. Man was understood to be the head of the family under God. It was preached in church. In those years, 
people had these foundational beliefs. The book of Genesis. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That was the ruling verse. That there was no confusion that I am born a man but I feel I'm a woman. We didn't have this confusion we have with the little young boys today and young girls telling me, you know, I am attracted to a fellow man, yet I'm a boy. I have feelings for a girl, yet I'm a girl. This is a question we hear in our schools. Because God is not a God of confusion. The foundational teaching of the Bible, God created man either male or female. That's the foundational teaching. That God never brought mixture in the creation. God did not bring a man and a woman in the same body. There are significant differences between the sexes. That's according to God's creation. The clarity. Adam never looked like Eve. And Eve never thought that, God, am I Adam? Man is the head of the family household, according to the book of Corinthians 11.3. For the head of Christ is God. And the head of every woman is what? Is man. Clarity. No confusion. However, in 1960s, a revolution happened in the world. And that revolution brought three things. It gave birth to a movement called feminist movement. The feminist movement came to challenge the traditional social roles of men and women. The feminist movement. You remember in Kenya, we were talking in 1988, the Beijing Conference. It was well coordinated. But another movement that came in those years, 1960s, 70s, was homosexual movement. And this came to challenge the principle that men and women are created to be sexually complementary to one another. They became to challenge that. When it began, people thought it was just a movement, just a talk. But now it is a whole institution conquering the world. The last movement that was born with the sexual revolution, 1960s, 70s, was the transgender movement. This movement began to put before the young person that one can change his or her sexual identity by undergoing what they call sex change. Are you not satisfied with being a man? You can change to be a woman. So they began to educate young boys in schools that I am a woman trapped in a man's body. I'm a man trapped in so they began to talk about this. 
And therefore, when they realized that the term homosexuality was anti-Bible, and it is detailed as against the word of God, they changed that name to LGBTQ. LGBTQ is used as an umbrella term for anyone who does not identify as heterosexual. So the word homosexual was replaced with the word gay. And therefore, they made gay an institution and created it as a human being with rights and be supported. So lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Queer are these people who are neither men or female. They don't believe they are men. They don't believe they are women. And now they are pushing for a queer God. That God is a queer being. He's neither male nor female. And in this confusion, there are three things which has befallen the adolescent in our nation. Number one is on the area of sexual attraction. So you talk to our girls in our schools, she tells you that, you know, I have a girlfriend. I feel I'm attracted to a girl. She tells you, you know, there's this girl who comes at night and plays sex on my body. And a young man is growing up with this confusion that I can be a man but attracted to a fellow man. But another area which is also coming up is on the area of sexual identity. I am neither man or female. A young girl asked me the other day, I was preaching one school in Meru. And I talked to them, she came and asked me, how can I prove I'm a girl? How can I prove I'm a woman? I feel I'm a man. How can I prove that? So this sexual confusion, uh, a generation being, being raised up in our hands, with these questions, with these confusions, and, uh, and all of a sudden, if this is not rectified early enough, then a nation will be taken over. Then there's the sexual practice. So you find a girl sleeping with a girl. A man with a man. One of the girls told me, in order the school that my mother divorced my, my father. She went and got married to a fellow woman. She's in the school. And because she's the one who's earning, I was forced to move in with her. The woman she's married to beats her every day. Something I didn't see my father do. Sexual attraction, why? Because the culture, you see, we are being told to go and change a culture. If that culture is not transformed and it changed, then they were calling what you call gender confusion comes up. 
LGBTQ is not just a word they speak on the TV. It's a well-organized movement, and I want to show you something about them which will help you to know how to raise up your children, and even they show you the need. One of the teachings they give, they say people are born either gay or lesbian, bisexual or transgender. That's the powerful teaching. That they tell the young man, you feel those feelings? Yes, God created you like that. In science, in biology, there's no scientific evidence that people are born homosexual. They can't prove it. So they begin to confuse the young man, the young boy that you know, you're born that way. Then they begin to give them ways to develop it. So one day, I was talking to bishops, I asked them, what will you do if two young men came to your church and say, hey, Mze, to mependana, I want you to wed us. What will you do as a leader? Pentecostals will go and bind the devil in the name of Jesus. No. When they reach there, you know the culture was altered much earlier. And the problem facing us is, Jesus said, a farmer planted wheat on his chamber. After a while, the tears began to come up. His servants asked him, Master, you planted good seed. Who planted the tears? He told them, no, the enemy. What does he say? When the men of the city slept, the enemy came and planted the tears. They asked him, sir, can we go and pluck them out? He said, no. They love to grow with the wheat until the end of the harvest. That's what Europe is facing. That's what is facing America. They now grow with the tears until the end. The parable of the sower tells us that the seeds that fell among the thorns never survived. And that's the killing of the church. So the homosexual people can never become heterosexuals. But we have so many documented cases of people leaving homosexuals to become Christians and get married again. Being homosexual is essentially not different. For being straight, that's what they teach. So I want to tell you five goals of LGBTQ. When the, high, when the Supreme Court ruled to accept homosexual to form organizations, you saw churches go to the press and make statements. You saw some of those churches organize demonstrations. They did it for one week, for one month, and now they are quiet. They do that because they don't understand whom they are dealing with. They don't. 
So there are five key areas LGBTQ has, which I want to take you through then. We'll see our role as believers. June 204, the homosexual magazine called The Advocate outlined the homosexual vision for 2054. I don't know how many churches have a vision for 2054. Homosexual have it. In that magazine they said, homosexuality will be so acceptable that it will be normal for a student in a rural classroom to announce during recess that he's going to marry the boy who sits next to him. That's the vision. 2054, all over the world, they will make homosexuality be normal practice. So what does that mean? That means the person preaching here on the pulpit will be a homosexual. Kirk and Madsen are the think tank. These are the brain shaping the theology, the philosophy, and the agenda of the homosexual in the world. Listen to what they said. They said we intend to make the anti-gays look so nasty that an average American will want to disassociate themselves from such types. That's the goal of the eight-man heart. We want to make it, those who oppose it, to look nasty, to look outdated, to look not acceptable. And today, if you will sit and tell your child it is wrong, they will rise to beat you in America. So what are the goals? The overall goal of LGBTQ, listen to this. Their main goal is to change Christian tradition. They say that our main goal is to change the Christian tradition or to redeem the nations of Christian doctrine. Their main goal. Kirk and Madison says this. First, we can use talk to muddy the moral waters. This means publicizing support for gays by more moderate churches, raising theological objections of our own about conservative interpretation of, the of, of biblical teachings and exposing hatred and inconsistency. He lays the ground and says, our main goal is to muddy, use the talk to muddy the moral waters. So he says in this, their main goal is first of all to bring the battle to the gate of the church. Get churches who are moderate to support them. Get bishops to support the agenda. Are they succeeding? I don't know. So one of the areas of the attack 
is God and church. One of the battles they want to win is to win the battle, is to get the church on their side. And they do this through three things. Number one, they attack an organized religion. So they enter Catholic Church, the ACK, the Pentecostals, the Methodists, the Lutheran. They attack organized religion. Kirk and Madison say, while public opinion is one primary source of mainstream values, religious authority is the other. You see, because the religious authority is founded on values, they demolish those values and make the Bible look irrelevant. Make the teachings of the scripture. You know, there's somebody who sang a song and tells the young people, why do you believe the words which were written 3,500 years ago? Three, five hundred years. Why do you want to believe those words which were written 3,500 years ago? They, they are referring to what Moses taught in Leviticus against homosexuality. Say, why do you want to believe those words? They are now not relevant in our nation, in our culture. So they attack organized religion. Number two thing they do about the church is to recruit from the clergy. Get powerful pastors and bishops to rise up to be their spokesmen and, and, and women. They use the divide and rule method. So they raise up sympathetic bishops and churches to promote homosexual behavior. So it was not a shock when the Anglican Church in, of, uh, Anglican church in England legalized same-sex marriage. Now the bishop in that church will carry the same Bible and bless the union. The same Bible. They laid that in 204 when they said we want to get the church on our side. So they get these pastors and bishops. Now we have pastors and bishops turning homosexuals after preaching against it. Gene Robinson, Anglican church preacher in America, two or three, shocked the congregation. Over 5,000 people he ministered to every day, he stood before them and said, ladies and gentlemen, I've been living a lie. I am homosexual. And he has been preaching the same Bible. When he, became, when he came out, he now moved to Africa in Nigeria, he came to Tanzania, the bishops rose up and said, we don't want that church. But when he attended the conference in Nigeria, then attended the conference of bishops in Tanzania, they went quiet. Quiet. Archbishop Desmond Tutu, was known to fight for the rights of lesbians and gays. 2013, he shocked the world when he said, I would rather go to hell than to a homophobic heaven. His campaign 
made South Africa the sixth nation to legalize homosexuality. The tragedy they have, get the most critic aligned with your vision. The battle at the gate. Recently, the Vatican, you know, the Catholic Church has been at the forefront against this. But recently, the world is shocked when the Pope approved a landmark ruling to allow Roman Catholic priests to administer blessings to the same-sex couple. Now in Kenya, we have secret gay churches. We have church, church, church of the homosexual. They have Apostles' Creed, they read. They read Apostles' Creed. Secretly, they are recruiting. So this is a lesbian leading praise and worship, and a man homosexual come and preach. I say, God does not judge anyone. God accepts us the way we are. Madison says, we can undermine the moral authority of homophobic churches by portraying them as outdated backwaters, badly out of step with the times and with the latest findings of psychology, such as such an holy alliance has worked well against churches before on such topics as divorce and abortion. But lastly, on attack of the church, listen to what they teach. They use the Bible to support the agenda. They teach Sodom and Gomorrah were not destroyed, were destroyed not because of, of homosexual behavior, but because the people there ignored the poor and the needy. That's a powerful teaching in the homosexual world. So they come to a school. They gather young boys. Tell them that don't be deceived by the church. Sodom was not destroyed because of homosexual behavior. It was destroyed because they never supported the needy. They also teach Jonathan and David were homosexual lovers. Ruth and Naomi were lesbian lovers. Then they say Christ lived an alternative lifestyle and he, and he sexually loved other men besides John. This is what they teach. And they say homosexuality is approved by God. That's number one thing they attack the church. The second place they attack is the family. Are you following? You look so quiet. I need to change my topic and say the Lord wants to bless you from the head to the top. Hallelujah! The second place they attack is the family. Do you know something? Family is under great attack by these guys. So that you have Christian homes, children rising up. I say, mom, 
Dad, I'm attracted to a fellow man. But how do they do it? They use the following strategy. Number one thing they succeeded in the West was to reduce parental authority. Remove parents from the child upbringing so that, so that the state, you can be arrested because you discipline your child. That's what they do. A child can report to the father, the mother, you are shouting at me. Mom is shouting here for me. So they call the police. You lose your voice. That in America, you do that, you are, you are arrested. You are arrested. So the first thing they did, because it's at the family level where values are transferred, where truth is taught, where morality is shaped, they knew it. So they first of all brought state to govern the, gov to the, the family. So they removed parental authority. There's a platform, a social media platform here in Kenya. They are calling one-to-one, one-to-one. One-to-one is a social media platform which can connect with your child, your teenage girl, your teenage boy. And this man will speak to him, to her, about his or her rights. And how your parent, you as a parent, should not interfere with those rights. Her right to use contraceptives. Her right to determine who to sleep with. Her right to decide her future. There's somebody who can connect with their child. They even have a WhatsApp group where young people join. And what they take the young people through, what they show them, what they want, is what they want them to know. And the things they tell them are all those things the parents told them are bad. It's called one-to-one, -one. social media platform. And therefore, they succeeded in abolishing corporal punishment. It was abolished. Those are platforms. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. That's Proverbs. That's Bible. Do you believe in the Bible? Yes. Do you do it? Yes. You shall not withhold correction from your child. That's what the Bible says. It says, why do we can them? You don't abuse. Don't abuse them. Don't use your belt. Don't use your slippers. Don't use your hand. There's a rod. You know a rod? It's not muiko. It doesn't break. You keep it where they don't, can't get it. Where do you beat? Here. Not here. You beat where? Properly. That rod you put on his body will deliver his soul from hell. You don't have this confusion telling you, you know, I have five girlfriends. It's only in form four. What are you doing with them? What are you doing with them? 
You are delivering his soul from what? So number one is to remove parental authority. Number two, redefine family. I introduce man, male, man, female, man, 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 woman, 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 marriages. Look at what these people say in November 18th, 203. A Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court ruled that same-sex couples have a legal right to marry. In the same year, in 204, the same court, the same court ruled that the state's law against incest did not apply to step parents. That's a law they came up with, to break the family. So a stepmother can sleep with her stepson. Stepfather can sleep with his step, stepdaughter. Is it not happening in Kenya? So why is this battle important? It is important because it goes to the very heart of God's plan for marriage. And the family, when anyone tinkers with that plan, the emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being of future generation is destroyed. If you tinker with that plan, what are you doing? You are raising up a confused generation. They will rape their mothers, rape their sisters. There will be no purity in family. Ex homosexual agenda has destroyed nations. In, in, in America, in Europe, a generation of children is growing up with no idea of what a traditional family looks like. That's the impact. You go to Europe, millions of children don't, because he doesn't know his father. The mother is married to a mother. The father is married to a father. He's being raised up in that form. He can't understand what traditional family was look like. homosexual agenda is to send every nation the, the Europe way. Britain, America, France, Canada, and the whole of Europe lost the war. They lost this battle. Now the focus is on Africa. George W. Dent is a writer. He says, he says this, once same-sex marriage is affirmed, then other forms of marriage will quickly be affirmed as well, such as polygamy, endogamy, endogamy is the marriage of blood relatives, bestiality, sex with animals, and child marriage. He says, once we put effort and legalize homosexuality, others will fall. So what's the confusion? In the family, under the emerging framework, 
there will be no difference between a married couple, a homosexual couple, or a couple who are just cohabiting. The overall goal of the homosexual agenda. That there's no distinction between heterosexual marriage, homosexual marriage, the pastor will be forced, will be forced. You refuse them, they take you to court. And the ground is being laid. Number three, their focus is on their basic education. There's a magazine they call Gay, Lesbian, Straight Educational Network. That's a magazine. That's a body. That body, as a magazine, they produce monthly. In 1999, listen to what they say. The fear of churches is that the schools of today are the governments of tomorrow. And you know what? They are right. And if we do our jobs right, we are going to raise a generation of kids who don't believe the claims of the church. If we do our job well, we raise a generation who don't believe the claim of the church. 1999, when they say that. So what have they done on education? What they do, they change education system. They come and say, the education, the education you are applying in your nation does not align to the, to the millennium goals. You have to change it. Because that education system defined family as father, mother, and children. That's how it defined family. Instructional material, educational materials being printed and approved by KICD in Kenya. That's how they define family. They don't want that. So the first attack they come and tell the nation, you must change your education system. So when the new education system is being molded, the homosexual come in and they demand we have our members who are not taken care of by the curriculum. So you must redefine family. So they come up with the new books. And that book will show a father, mother, and the child. But it will also show you that a mother and a mother, a woman and a woman can have a child in the family. And a man and a man can raise up children. They put that as education material. Not that they have their members, no. Young boys and girls in grade one, pre-unit, they are taken through that. And in the process, you do what we call mind repositioning, brainwashing, psychological repositioning. So a little girl grows up and say, I can, you mean, I can marry a, a girl, a, a woman, and then have, a, have children? They neutralize the thinking and the foundations of the church. And that's how they take over the nation. So change curriculum to ensure that children are freed from the bondage of Christian culture. Why? Because children go to school to be equipped to face life. 
they will be willing to trust and to value what is being given to them by their teachers. So secretly they come in the curricula. See, that's why the CBC is not picking up. change education system. So when the education materials are being made, they say that in KICD, we must have our members to look at those materials to suit the students who are lesbians and sexual. They do a research, a false one. You know, yesterday I was looking at one of them on the TV. This lady was giving a, a, a data and she was saying on the TV, that out of every five girls, one of them has given birth. Where did she get that study? That if you get girls, teenagers here, every five, one is a mother. They give false research. They give false information. So they brainwash the whole nation. And they tell you that, oh, adolescents have become this bad, they won't be in our schools today. Then that brainwashing, they force the authority to allow girls to use contraceptives because that's the movement they want to use. They began to tell girls, you are sexually active, put coil on your body. Licensed sex with false data. So they include homosexual agenda in the curriculum. And they say, in the education system, what will be the result? The result will be, as it has happened in the West, curriculum that would require students to demonstrate their acceptance of homosexual behavior. So one day you go to parliament, and those parliamentarians are not homosexuals, but they believe it is okay. They will be to legalize laws. But now, lastly, I want to look at how they attack the government. There's nobody in the world right now, apart from, apart from Uganda, who can be a president if you don't align your philosophy with the homosexual agenda. You can't. You can never govern any nation today if you don't align yourself with the homosexual agenda. What do they do? Their focus is to align presidency, align parliament and judiciary to support the homosexual agenda. That's what they do. The president, the parliament, the judiciary, how do they use the judiciary? To ensure that they repeal laws that punishes homosexuals, but legalize laws that recognize and allow them to operate. The president is at their mercy. You must not be vocal. You must not state your agenda openly. 
Yes, you believe it is wrong. Yes, you believe you cannot support it, but keep quiet. So it's spreading. He will come and assume it's not there. He cannot stand and state his might. He cannot come and make a statement and give direction to the nation. No. He will tell you that we are talking with the courts. We are looking at this in the parliament. But when he makes those statements, they go under the waters. And when they go under the water, those people work behind the scenes. What do they do? One day they call to the Supreme Court. They only need two judges to support them. Just two. The battle of the gate. The battle is to replace marriage with civil unions and partnerships. Repeal all laws governing the age of sexual consent. In America, they are talking of 16 now. That the age of sexual consent is moved from 18. Why? Because the homosexual agenda says that it is the parent stopping us. We want the teenagers to decide on their own. They can't do that when the law is still saying it's 18. They make the law reduce the age to 16. Then they can speak to that 16-year-old directly without the parent, without the authority. And one of the things they are now doing, if you don't align your agenda, you don't get AIDS, you don't get financial support. You know, we were talking with the, with the NCCK bishops and the general secretary was telling us that in Uganda, because they are stubborn, all financial aids from the West have been stopped. But shockingly, even churches from the West, which used to support churches in Uganda, stopped their support. Churches stopped. Because Uganda will not align to the agenda. Now it is Museveni telling them the state will finance you. And you know the problem when the state begins to finance the church. They use those threats. Joe Biden, Joe Biden, the President of the United States now, listen to what he said in 2012. Things are changing so rapidly. It is going to become a political liability in the near term for someone to say, I oppose gay marriage. Mark my words, he said. And my job, our job, is to keep this momentum rolling to the, to the inevitable. He said it will be a political suicide for anybody to oppose gay marriage. The reason they don't want Trump is not because Trump is bad. You possess them. All the media houses in the West were against him. They mobilized against him because he has made it very clear. He's very forthright that the price he paid. Barack Obama says this, 1996, in a written response to a questionnaire from Chicago's outline gay newspaper, 
they asked him a question. Obama said, I favor legalizing same-sex marriages and would fight efforts to prohibit such marriages. I will fight efforts to prohibit them. Anybody trying to prohibit same-sex marriage, I, Barack Obama, he did that when he was the president. That was 1996, years before he became president. Political power. Kirk and Madsen say, in the era of entertainment, roll it again lastly, go to entertainment number five, then I finish. Listen to what Madison says. The average American watches over seven hours of TV daily. Those hours open up at gateway into the private world of the street, heterosexuals, through which a Trojan horse might be passed. They know that your children watch TV. They're always on YouTube. They are always on earphone. You see, young people are onto the social media. They have cartoons which shows lesbians and homosexuals. They pass them through Netflix. This young person has talk, uh, uh, TikTok, Netflix, YouTube. When they open them, this cartoon showing how a young girl can become a lesbian. And so they, they, they can become lesbian with nobody telling them, just with their phones. And homosexual infiltrated the, the movie. Gaining control of entertainment. You know, the Hollywood, the Hollywood has come up with a rule. No movie will be advertised unless it has homosexual agenda. They made it years ago that they will never advertise Christian movies. When they came up with the movie, The Passion of the Christ, that man struggled to have his movie through the Hollywood. They refused. And now millions of movies have been produced with the homosexual agenda. You remember the TV show Will and Grace in KTN years ago? Family Ties. In the area of music, listen to what this man say, parody, song, captures the entertainment world these young people are into. They say, we will convert your children. That's a song being sung. This man says, we will convert your children. It happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. We are coming for your children. The gay agenda is here. That man is singing. When they had the gay pride in June, this was the leading song they were singing. Openly naked, walking. I say, we are coming for your children. It happens quietly, slowly by slowly. Gay agenda is here. So young boys and girls, they go to the nightclub and they dance this kind of songs. Lady Gaga, is a top musician, top celebrity 
Years ago, she came up with a song, Born This Way. The song is Bisari. Lady Gaga is shown in our, in our hospital giving birth, and she says, I'm giving birth to a new generation, to a new race, which knows no prejudice, a race, which, a race of love. She was giving birth to a new race of homosexual and lesbians. In the music video, she turns into a man and marry a man. I sleep with her. She turns into a woman and women place sex on her body. She says, born this way, baby girl, be proud of who you are. That song became the national anthem of the homosexual. What was this brainwashing the young boys and girls in America that is okay? He calls it a new religion. After this song was, was done, a man by the name Joji Barrow is an African. He came up with a song he called Same Love. And he called the homosexual the new slaves. He sings in the school environment. He says, years back, I fell in love with a male kid in school. He was cool. He was funny. Always true. Always shining. My heart told me I was right. He changes and he dances with a fellow man and kiss and have sex in that video. And that is played before millions of audience in the Kenyan schools. Those young people will not become homosexual. No. The strategy is accept it. It is normal. What of Kenya? Is Kenya ripe for, for takeover? Is Kenya safe? Look at the following happening in our nation. Kenya has some of the largest LGBTQ rights groups in the world right now. Gay Kenya Trust ad, ad, uh, normally advance the interests of the LGBTQs. Most of the LGBTQs are coming out in public and revealing their sexual orientation. Gay and Lesbian Coalition of Kenya is a registered gay group advancing. When curriculum is being made, they ensure their people are there. When the constitution is being made, they ensure their people are there. Anything being discussed, they say we are the minority group. You can't discriminate against us. And one of the things they do, they conduct research and say, I also one of them saying, we have 700,000 boys and girls in our schools who are homosexuals. We must cater for their interest. In February 2023, Kenya, Kenya Supreme Court reaffirmed the right of the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission to register as a non-governmental organization. That's the first step they do. That's normally the first step. Then the second step, there's a, there's a case. The same guy who took this matter to court also has a case in court requiring the courts to repeal sections which punishes the homosexuals. They wanted them repeal. When that is done, the nation is ready 
for the homosexual government. So what's happening in our schools? Homosexuals is being practiced in schools. Now we have a club of lesbians. I was told to, I was told to go to a school to speak to girls. When Form 4s are leaving, they hand over. There's a club like Christian Union, all those clubs. This one is a club of lesbians. They have leadership rotating. So when this court, Supreme Court, gave a ruling, I was being told by a girl I was ministering in our camp in the month of December in Meru. And this lady came. She was in Form 1, Form 2 when I went to preach. When I used to go to that, to, to, she was asking, where are you, these days you don't come. Do not last year, a group of girls went to the principal and told her, we are lesbians, now what do you do? The state of the nation. We have principals who are friendly to students who are homosexuals. They enhance it. Teachers and students recruiting other students within the school. One of the schools I was told it was the, it was the community. This teacher is homosexual. He teaches in a national, a big school. He recruits boys into, into homosexuality. He lives outside the school compound. The villagers know what he's doing in the school. The entire school community is silent about his actions. It was the community that went to pick him, to kill him. Say, so you are killing our boys. You are destroying our people. And one of the schools I was told, a teacher is living with a fellow teacher as lesbians. How do we help? Five minutes. Do you give me five minutes to finish? All right. How do we help? When Hitler was fighting the Allied forces in the Second World War, most of the Allied forces feared Hitler. They never went to fight. In one of the boundaries they are fighting in, in, uh, in Philippines, Hitler only went and showed the Allied forces the power of his weapons, just demonstrated before them. And those Allied forces members ran away. And that's what the devil is doing. That how many Christians we have in our nation understand what faces us. And they are saying we are going to give our life to it. We are going to give our all to it. You know, what faces you and I is the battle over the souls of young people. The picture is David. A lion comes and grabs the sheep. It's easily can say, Ah, lion, I can't fight. Let it eat the sheep. He has the option of either leaving the lion to destroy his sheep because once the lion has killed one, we'll go to the rest. He has to make this decision whether to jump with his very life into the thing and rescue the sheep 
or sit back and allow the sheep be killed. That's the state we are in in this nation. That the Christian has that decision to make. The Christian has that clear decision to make whether you will throw your very life into the work or continue with your business as usual. Oh, few years from now, a church like this one, like this one, we'll have a conference and the church council, one of them proposes, why don't we legalize? They realize everybody in that church council speak the same language. Because we did not throw our life into the battlefield when the lion, when the hyena invaded our ship. So where we are, like Esther, if we keep quiet at such a time like this, know that even you, you are not safe. That's the price. That's the price. Do you know why God has given you a job? Do you know why God is blessing in your business? Do you know why God has given you all these things? Is to help you throw yourself into the battlefield. Say, I'm that woman. I am that man. There's a song we used to sing in our church. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield till I die. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield. I'm gonna stay in the battlefield till I die. Because if you don't stay in the battlefield, this man is not joking with you. He has resources. He has political powers behind him. He has so much wealth behind him. He has powerful nations behind him. The only thing we have is the rod of Moses. And that's Jesus Christ. With all the powers of Egypt, they could not withstand that rod. They couldn't withstand that rod. And that's the name we have. We believe in him. So four things you need to do very fast. Number one, as a Christian, you must not hate the homosexuals. You have a child, you could be having a child or you yourself could be struggling. What that child needs is Love beyond measure. Homosexual children need love. So Christians must demonstrate love unlimited. What will help hell our nation is not the criticism. Demonstrate love to them. Your love for them is to lead them to accept the love of Jesus Christ because homosexuals, what they are missing in their life is misunderstanding of love. Show them the love that is in Christ Jesus. That while we were still sinners, Christ died on the cross for our sins. 
That's one thing you do. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, I don't have time to, document, to, to show you people who are in the homosexual world and how they came to church and the members showed them love. They gave their life to Jesus Christ. Now they have families. That's number one thing you need to know. Number two, you must not compromise the Bible. You cannot lower the standard of the Bible. Don't compromise the Bible. God condemned homosexuality in the book of Genesis, chapter 19. God addresses himself through Moses in the book of Leviticus, chapter 18. In the prophet Ezekiel, God fixes his eyes against homosexuality. So you cannot lower your standard to compromise it. Children must be told, they must be taught carefully before they leave your hand. In the New Testament, Paul the apostle addresses himself to the homosexuals and he says God will judge them. They cannot brainwash the masses and make us believe it is acceptable. If our God has not accepted it, the Christian must not accept it. The next thing you need to do, we must focus our energy at the school level. We must. Every Christian must think beyond your family, must think beyond your life. You know, before I became, I became a member of KCF, I was a, I was a I was a preacher, a teacher in my church. I was teaching young, young converts class. And I was the leader of our Bible study. One day a brother from Kisumu just shared what is happening in our school. And that man that was praying God to show me where to serve him. I left all that. I'm still a strong member of my church. My wife here is a leader in the church. But I told my pastor, I can't be a leader. As God has called you to minister to the church, my life is to the school. Because if you don't do it, who will? God has blessed you with a car. Where are you going to carry? You fill that car every day to go to job, then back home, then come to church on Sunday. For two hours, you keep on looking at your watch. Then you go back home and watch TV the whole day. Then Monday to Friday, you're just busy. That car was given to you to use it to transform nations for Jesus. Fuel it and go to school. Use it to save a nation. To save our, our nation is in our hand. This nation is not in the hand of the president. This nation is not in the hand of the politician you follow. This nation is in the hand of the Christian. What will become of Kenya 54 years from now? Dependent on what the Christians are doing with their lives today. Number th next. 
be a parent. Fulfill your parental obligation. Don't give birth to children and leave them for the church to raise them up for you. Don't give birth to children and leave, leave them for the school to raise them up for you. Don't give birth to children and leave them for the house help. Wewe kasi yako ni kuamuka five, unarudi saine, watoto wamelala, watoto hata wanakuita auntie. Wewe ni mama unaitwa auntie. Wanajua made ni mama. Give birth and play your role as a parent. And the question you ask, how can you survive a cultural decline? How can you live and raise children in a society where religion has been watered down and corrupted? What kind of a parent do you need to become to raise the godly seed for God? That's a question you have to battle with. Otherwise, you will leave students to be raised up by YouTube and social media and Facebook. The world is passing away. The world is passing away and the last of it. But he who does the will of God abides the forever. Do not build your life on this world. It is passing away. Young people who are here, listen. Don't be a person whose life revolves on your smartphone. You don't even have a smartphone. What you have is the smartphone of your mother. Because mothers don't know much about the phone. So you take the phone of your mother and visit all the websites. Have self-discipline. Because this one has destroyed millions of people. It will destroy you. And lastly, as a parent, build a strong character in your children. Do not invest for your children. Invest in them. It is effort. That's not easy. These people pay millions of shillings when we were doing training for teachers at Moy Girls. A group came and I was talking with their leader and I was telling the leader what we were doing in KSCF. She was not moved. Later on, our members went to listen to what they were teaching. They took top brains of students from Alliance, from Mangu. They gathered them at Moy Girls. They were taking them through homosexual agenda. Top brain of our students of our schools. They invest. They are focused. What of us? You think that that church, the early church, brought transformation because of two things. They gave themselves to prayer and preaching. Prayer alone does not save a nation. It is prayer plus preaching. Somebody must leave their comfort zone Somebody must leave their comfort zone 
and say myself, even if no one goes with me, I will give my life to it. Because what you are looking at is not just these girls and boys in uniform. Somebody is able to rescue them and snatch them from the powers of the devil. Those who corrupt morals pay dearly. I was talking to somebody who converted to Christianity from uh, Al-Shabaab. This man was an Oriya, a member of Al-Shabaab. He told me, do you know something? In Al-Shabaab, it's a rule that every member give 20 shillings per day. So if you have a million of them, you are raising 20 million per day. That's what's keeping the movement, destroying nations. They give to it. The sacrifice that come. There's an obligation, you realize, that for my nation, I must do this for the kingdom of God. What would have happened to Israel if Esther said, I'm in the palace. I have everything I need. Why should I bother? Our whole nation would have been destroyed. She, must, she had to sacrifice her status, sacrificed her comfort, sacrificed her name for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know something? Right now we are launching, launching Bible study, discipleship in schools. We are launching. We have done a powerful discipleship material which we are printing this week. We have 10,384 high schools in Kenya. How we wish that that Bible study guide will be in every school. How we wish. How we wish that churches will rise up, Christians will rise up, and say that for our nation to grow into prosperity, we have to shape and change the moral value because this man is already with our young people. He's already there teaching them. But when the men of the city slept, the enemy came, planted tears. The men of the city are still asleep. One day you wake up, then you are in what is facing Britain now. The guy preaching is homosexual. And you remember, because Jesus said, they will grow together until the time of the end. That generation will live with the tears until Jesus comes. And Jesus is asking, when the Son of Man come, will he find faith on the earth? That's a concern of Christ Jesus because those tears will ensure there's no faith. Compromise. There's no nation in the world which has what Kenya have, a body formed to go to schools. No nation in the world. The privilege we have in our constitution, the privilege we have with the Education Act, the privilege we have of preaching to schools, most nations don't have it. And today, how I wish that all of you today will sign 
you go to schools. McKinney will tell you how many schools we have in the city. My daughter is a preacher like me. She's studying in university in, in, in Nyeri. She went to a school. After she went to preach to that school, the students told her, these are Form 4s, told her, since we came here from 4, we are now in Form 4, nobody has come to preach to us. You are the first one. Girls organizing services on their own. Are there no churches in Nyeri? What is their focus? What is their vision? What will happen to those girls if this man comes with the same Bible I'm reading to you and starts to twist them? You know, don't worry. Even Naomi and Ruth were just lesbian and they proved them because their level of understanding of the Bible is still very low. Somebody must help them. And very soon you realize a nation which was for God, like America, was the most revived nation in the world. No nation experienced revival like the American people. No nation has sent missionaries to the outermost part of the world like the American people. Now they are in captivity with this ideology. Their own president and his vice are leading the homosexual agenda in the world. A nation that was founded under God lost it. What of Kenya? We will lose it if we don't stand and rescue the ship. Let's pray. Let's pray. Where you are seated, pray for your children and pray for yourself. And pray to God. Even if we have to lose everything else, help us not to lose our generation. Father, we thank you for the words that has gone forth. Thank you for our children. We lift up our children, boys and girls. We lift up students. We lift up mothers. Mm. Thank you, Father, for your spirit reviving us again, helping us, lifting up your people to know that there is a pledge you have appointed for them and that this is the moment to take their stand. Help fathers this afternoon, Lord. Help mothers. Help brothers and sisters to rise up and stand in the gap. Father, help us to appreciate the battle before us and that there is power and victory that you have assigned each and every one of us if we will respond to this moment, we thank you, Father, for your spirit moving mightily, helping us, helping KSCF, helping, helping all those who are going out to schools, Father, that this year we will not sleep. We are rededicating ourselves. We 
we are examining ourselves and our place and, and rising up to the challenge that you are calling us to. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Will you please rise up on your feet for a moment because from what uh, Mr. Odigo has ministered, I would just want to make a general call uh, that he prays for any one of us who would want to dedicate themselves. Maybe you're already in KSCF. Just, just come so that you can pray for us. Maybe you believe you'll be joining KSCF. You want to join the team that is led by the Makindu who's going to school. We want, I want you to take a moment and come to the front that uh, he can lead us in a prayer of rededicating ourselves and recommitting ourselves to this work. Please come quickly because of time. Those who are already in KSCF, please come. Those who would want to join, please come quickly. Just come, everyone who desires this prayer of rededicating yourself, committing yourself, believing God. That's, is, the challenge is there. The challenge is already there. It's for us to respond in faith, for us to respond um, and, and expect God to move in our midst. Let us come and just receive an impartation. There's something about impartation that I think as believers we don't quite understand the power of impartation. That's the, 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 the spirit that is in Mr. Joseph, the passion that he has, that he will impart it on us. Anyone, you just come and receive that impartation to, to do this work. Risa, if you could pray for, for, for them. Let's pray for these brethren. What a great response here. You see, what you are committing your life to is eternity. It's not something you are doing. It's something that's going to carry you to eternity. The investment you're going to make in terms of time, in terms of sacrifice, no one can reward you except the Lord God Almighty. And as you give your life to this, God will give himself to you and provide and help you to communicate and polish you as a minister to young people. You are going to be representing the old church that members of the church will be praying for you as they are soldiers in the battlefield. And as a, 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 a church, church, church members, these are your soldiers will be representing you in the war, the war of our future, the battle that's going to put the enemy from the gate to where they belong. Do you join them in prayer? Just stretch your hands to them and speak a word. Speak a word to these brethren who are going to lay their life. They are our soldiers. Say, God, these are the soldiers who will be trekking, who will be walking, who will be ministering, God, provide for every need they have. Provide for every need they have. Meet every need. As they serve you, you are rising up to serve. Just speak a word to them. Don't just look at them. Just, just stretch your hands to them. I'm not asking you to lift up your hands up. I'm telling you to stretch your hands to these 
to these brethren and speak a word. Speak a word. They are your representation in the battlefield, in the war of life. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We magnify you, oh God. And we honor you this afternoon for the opportunity you give us for our nation that these ones are going to help us in the world of life. Father, we lift up these souls to the very throne where you sit. That as they have given themselves away, they are giving themselves away because you gave yourself for us. That through them, lives will be transformed. Lives will be changed. Father, through these dear souls, when they go to schools, schools will obey them. Spirits will be subject to them. Kingdoms will fall at their presence. Father, we are praying that through them you are going to rescue the child from the mouth of the hyena. That many are going to see the light of Jesus Christ and going to be saved by the power of the living God. Through them, oh God, their words is going to bring life. It's going to bring hope. They are going to be hope carriers. In a dying world, in a satanic-filled environment, these are the hope carriers to our schools. The schools will listen to them. Principals will give them audience. Teachers will unite with them. Even as they minister, oh God, you are going to open doors. Just as you say through Paul that a door has been opened for me. When he was in Ephesus, open that door for them. That school's doors will be opened. There's going to be effective discipleship in our schools. There's going to be effective Bible study in our schools. My Father, favor we have sung here. We have sung of favor and even mercy speaking for us. Let that mercy speak for them. As they go, as they walk, as they turn around, wherever they go, oh Father, let favor find them. Father, we are praying for passion. We are praying for commitment. We are praying for dedication. Father, I pray that as this one rises up to serve you, you are also rising up to meet their needs. Wherever there's need, oh Father, they're struggling financially, you are opening doors. Businesses are going to flourish in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Jobs are going to be increased in their hands. Favor is going to be doubled in their lives. My Father, they are going to have an ease in this ministry. You are going to provide us God in heaven. Father, we pray as we cover them with the blood of Jesus that the grace of God is sufficient to do this work. The favor of God is sufficient to do this work in their life. We give you praise. We magnify you. Father, I pray for this church, for the resources they have dedicated to support your work. That as they give these resources, oh Father, you are going to plow it back a hundredfold. You are going to plow back the resources into this church a hundredfold. Bless everyone, oh God, who is committed to giving, to support the many projects this church has. That God, you're going to lift them up and cause them to prosper, even as they support your work. I pray, oh Father, that you're going to cause an increase even in membership of people coming here to hear this great word which is being preached in this church. 
we pray for the leadership of God for our pastor to, to give him wisdom and continue to raise him up to use him for the honor and glory of your name even with the leaders that support him oh father that you're going to cause this church united break away any disunity any gossip oh father keep this church united for the cause and for the sake of your work father move in your power and bring revival bring your move in the hearts of men and women that will rise up to serve you father we pray for every one of them who is committed to this cause that you are blessing them and causing the devourer to be defeated in their life all those who are having sick people the word of god is healing them right now the word of god is moving in those family and you are causing a reprieve in the mighty name of jesus christ none of them will suffer from strange diseases because god they are committed to serving you protect their family protect their children oh god i want to pray for the children you have given us none of them will go to the way of the devil none of them will be destroyed through drugs none of them is going to turn out to be homosexual in the mighty name of jesus these children are protected in the mighty power of god father we thank you father we worship you that our family are anchored under the umbrella of god and the enemy have no root have no cross over them they are protected under the mighty power of god even in the schools where they are you are transforming our children to be transformers you are transforming our children to have the faith we have and they are carriers of the gospel in the mighty name of jesus you are creating preachers in our families who are going to carry the gospel of jesus christ father we thank you as we have as we serve other people's children serve our children and help us oh god so that our children will be a role model of the things you have been teaching others children we thank you father we worship you in jesus name we pray amen now thank you so much you 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 have a teenager this book is not just for the teenager for you as a parent it talks about the current music young people listen to and how it is destructive. So we have uh, copies with that young man. My son will be at the back there. Uh, I'll give it today at, for 500 instead of 700 because I've come to preach. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Thank you, thank you, sir. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I want you to all lift your hands and just take a moment. We, we are so thankful for the ministry of Mr. Joseph Odingo. I want you to say this with me. Say, Father, ignite in me a fresh spirit, a passion for young people that I will take my place in this generation I'll take my stand for the gospel, for the sake of the next generation. I will not sleep, but I'll rise up and break barriers in Jesus' name. You believe that? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah.